Hello! My name is Patrick. I'm here with my good friend Trey, and we are Amongst Friends. Trey, good afternoon. How are you, my friend? Hello, Patrick. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> uh, it's been about... Trey, I think we're experiencing something that's uniquely challenging about doing a uh, format of show that we're trying to do is that our lives sometimes get a, get in the way of our recording schedule. We were on a we did a good job spacing the first two episodes about two weeks apart, but we're about six weeks out from our last episode. Right I'm not blaming you, uh, though. When I try to blame you, you're very quick to turn that around on me. By sense of palpable blame right now. Here's what I'll tell you. I'm not saying it's your fault. All I'm saying I'm is that it is not my fault. <laughs> That's fair enough. But the uh, it's nice to finally set aside some time, sit down and talk. We talked about topics briefly mm-hmm. uh, earlier today. Uh, we'd uh, pitched around a couple, and then you you kind of caught me off, not off guard, but you you brought one up that's fairly topical for me, right. uh, given that I'm going to be married in about eight weeks. If I allow it. If you allow it, that's right. Which is more literal than not, given the fact that you're officiating said <laughs> wedding. Exactly. But would you want to give some? I mean, you didn't really give me a ton of context. You want to give me some context for uh, for the discussion you want to have today? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it'd just be and obviously as you kind of introduce, and we could talk about a range of things. And but this is a momentous time, a very much like before and after kind of moment, as you. Uh, are about to embark on this uh, very ceremonial, but albeit real, change in your life. I mean, you've been dating Allison for a long time, and uh, we talked about this like a couple nights ago. I don't think there's going to be a real noticeable difference before and after because you know your relationship is already really strong. Nonetheless, it, it's these moments like that, like graduations, uh, birthdays, funerals, etc., that humanity really like attaches to. And so I think it'd be cool to have a conversation about what are your thoughts going into this? What are your anxiety and fears? What are your hopes and uh, dreams about the remainder of yours and Allison's relationship? I don't know. It'd be cool to sort of uh, record that. Yeah, and it's such a, it's such a fascinating topic, <laughs> the topic of marriage and, and partnership, because uh, – I would argue that the idea of a marriage is the penultimate partnership between two people, assuming that you view it that way, depending on your background and your generation. Some people view marriage a little differently, Um, especially given the fact that so many people get married, right? So it's this this thing that you can talk about that does divide a lot of people in terms of their approach to it. And for me, I guess I – I've had a chance to think about it because I have been asked, why do you want to get married or why do you want to get married now by so many people? Really? Yeah, yeah. Because, well, on both, on two sides of it. On one side, I did not propose to Allison until we were three and a half years into our relationship. Mm -hmm. And after a year or two, it becomes a common question, right? Everyone, not everyone, a common assumption, if you mm-hmm. are in a long-term committed relationship, is that it is leading towards marriage, mm-hmm. which is interesting in and of itself, right? It speaks to societal expectations. Right. Even if people can't articulate why marriage adds 
a concrete value because it's not universal it's not there's no metric attached to it necessarily but there's this assumption that well you're in this long-term committed relationship well hey is wedding bells in your future huh when, when are you gonna when are you gonna make her an honest woman right. those sorts of questions come up and you have to be able to feel those and then and so you're responding to an external force sure um, and so for me i had to make a decision as to whether or not i I agreed with that assumption when people asked is that, is it reasonable to assume that this is leading towards a marriage? Is that something that I want? Yes. Easy answer. And then, you know, when is the appropriate time? You know, when is it too soon? Is it too soon? Is it too long? Because mm -hmm. you pass the sort of arbitrary threshold where you're six months into the relationship. Is that an appropriate time to get married? Who knows? There yeah. are people that get married very early on or you're four years into the relationship and you decide to propose to get married. Is that too late? Four mm -hmm. years, eight years, 12 years. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was an interesting first. Um, Did you get a lot of pressure? I'm trying to think. I mean, granted, why would I know? I mean, I'm not privy to those discussions, but at the same time, I feel like all the times that we've talked, uh, that's certainly never been a part of it. And I'm curious to know, like, did were people legitimately, I mean, people who matter, you know, I obviously get all these random people who are just like, oh, how long have you been dating? Oh, well, are you going to marry? Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, people who actually matter. Yeah, I think it is, uh, if I were, this is a whole separate discussion, almost like microaggressions, if you wanted to <laughs> driver, driver. perceive them in that way, right. Where enough people ask you over a long period of time where it feels it it develops into a sore spot or an, a, an insecurity around am i doing it wrong am i not doing something am i not satisfying this need in the relationship mm -hmm. luckily i'm with someone uh, who um, is similar enough to me where we can have those discussions in a healthy way Allison and i discussed marriage often we discussed kind of where we wanted to get to and we both uh, were of, of a shared understanding that we wanted to get a to a stable place sure. uh, professionally before mm -hmm. we made that next step. And I think we had just gotten to uh, the early stages of professional stability uh, for her more so than for me mm -hmm. before I decided on on proposing. Yeah, I think it was very responsible. And then the value of marriage in and of itself for me outside of the societal expectation is I think it it is twofold one it definitely does communicate a it allows you to um, blend in a little easier into society right this is my wife yeah. someone sure. that I'm married to sure. it communicates a, a certain expectation for the relationship a certain expectation for you know other things and then to me I it's hard to describe but being engaged and planning a wedding with Allison has taken me to a, a, I would say, a deeper level of commitment to her. I find myself, you know, thinking about other women in a romantic way far less than I did mm -hmm. before we got engaged. Mm -hmm. I find myself um, actively thinking about um, us as a unit, as a team, and doing what's best for us as a team more mm -hmm. frequently and more often which surprises me now and I don't think I would have I don't think I w I could not have guessed that that would happen to me. Yeah. And I would I, you know I almost wish we had a third person on here that was married and had been married for a while who can speak to that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, because I wonder if that's a fairly common thing that happens is 
as you start to think of yourself differently because with marriage i think comes the sense of permanence because of all the weight that's put around it mm-hmm. and once you think of yourself as in that sort of bond i think it's over time it's easy to to you start to let go of that sense of autonomy that well i can do whatever i want no big deal sure. because a romantic relationship just having a girlfriend is something that feels temporal that does not yeah it's not binding yeah exactly interesting and did you legitimately feel that way i mean i i get the feeling that i don't know i guess i'm just surprised to hear that that you would have made such a change now i could make sense to go from this like autonomous being to a team that makes sense to me but i think what's surprising to me is that you had to you felt this transformation between what you thought you wanted to what you now want uh and that being i don't know i mean i guess maybe maybe you'd have to say it again but just being more autonomous to being more um cooperative and that just surprises me yeah i think i think it is a unintended consequence mm-hmm. but a positive one for once sure you know getting married i think in a vacuum hard to know whether or not i would pursue marriage because there are a lot of ways to critique marriage as a societal staple that doesn't carry a lot of intrinsic value save for tax benefits save for yeah. you know, all these other yeah. ways that our society sure. recognizes married couples and and leans towards mm-hmm. and incentivizes marriage in that way hard to know so i think it's it's something I took for granted and I assumed someday I will get married and I'm mm-hmm. dating to eventually get married. Mm-hmm. I, so I never had to question that. Yeah. You know, we emulate our parents in a lot of ways. My parents were married, um, seeking that Allison, similar background. It's something that we talked about early on. It's something that we wanted sure. marriage, kids. I don't, I think I'd be lying if I said that my goal was to, you know, I need to transition from this feeling of autonomy and this feeling of you know being selfish to feeling like the the unit yeah. is more an unintended consequence, but one that I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a whole separate discussion, but what Allison represents for me is a level of accountability that I probably need in my mm-hmm. life. You know, we not everyone is lucky enough to have someone that when we display our bad habits or when we do things that are unkind or untoward or stupid, mm-hmm. there's a value in having someone that you trust on hand close by to say, Hey, maybe we should think twice about that. Maybe we should talk about that. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And the point of this partnership to me, one of the points is to be with someone who's helping me to grow, helping mm-hmm. me grow, helping to hold me accountable. I find a lot of value in that. Yeah. That makes sense. Hmm. What's how do you perceive this? You know, you're uh, you know, you're sort of in the in the phase of life where you're dating. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, kind of back and forth. When you think about these things, what's your approach? In a sense of how do I see myself, or how would I see yourself transitioning? Uh, how do you see yourself? You know, when you think about these things, what has this on your mind to begin with? Um, I, I think again, it, because your marriage is coming up, that's kind of why it entered it. 
I, before I answer your question, I'd like you to just to get some background. I've used this metaphor for some time, and I'd be interested to know how you feel. Obviously, Allison's not here, so she can't really contribute, but maybe your assumption on what she'd say. But, um, you know, do you view, uh, do you view Yon's relationship um, as a single um, mountain? I, I kind of use this very frequently. So, do you, is it one mountain? that you're both climbing at the same time or in terms of what I feel like a relationship, an ideal relationship is, is that the relationship is the base camp and there are two mountains and each person is climbing their mountain and the other can help them but can never climb their mountain for them. And so they're very autonomous but linked and supportive. But there are some relationships that are a single mountain. They both climb it together, and it's theirs together. I think it's the latter. Mm -hmm. And I would argue most relationships are the latter because there's a level of personal responsibility that you Mm -hmm. approach in a relationship that the other person cannot take on. You know, there are... The health of our relationship is dependent on the two of us, and if I fail the relationship in a way, it's not necessarily Allison's fault. Obviously, I think that's the case in both examples, mm-hmm. but if it it may not even be in Allison's control. Right. I may fail in a way that is wholly unique to me, in a way that Allison cannot help me. You know, if I have a drug addiction and sure. um, torpedo our relationship due to my crippling drug addiction, mm-hmm. there may be nothing that Allison can do about that. Right. It It fractures the relationship, and that's a risk you you take you know the risk that you bring into any of these relationships is the fact that the your commitment to each other may be strong mm-hmm. but your ability to fulfill or follow through on that commitment may not may not be as you may not be as consistent in executing that vision as you would like to be yeah yeah that makes sense that's hard with any endeavor, mm-hmm. right? You know, think about people that w- want to be physicians and are dead set on being physicians. You're in medical school currently. And I, I, we've talked about this in passing in some other venues. There are people that just, they cannot execute. They get there mm-hmm. and they want it and they have a shared vision. It's not that their vision or their desire changes, but their ability to do what it takes to get there mm-hmm. is um, they're not able to, to do that. And I think we don't we we try to separate the two too often. I think, yeah. And this becomes a discussion about understanding your own limitations. You know, people that have sex addiction, it's probably really difficult for them to be in committed relationships. As much as they may want to be in committed relationships, they're before they conquer their own demons and conquer their own limitations, they will have a hard time enacting any shared vision for a a partnership, a romantic partnership, more than likely. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have, what are your thoughts? Do you, have you viewed your relationship as the former or the latter in your example? The two mountains. The two mountains, yeah. I've always been a two mountain man. Um, And, which I think is harder to find. Um, 
but I think it just reflects on what I value in my relationships, a lack of codependency, or at least ideally that's what I value. And that's, I think, what it represents. And it doesn't mean that you can't tackle your problems together, but it's like two lives coming together and then are bound together by the relationship as opposed to two lives coming together as one. I mean, I don't think one is better than the other or worse than the other. And there are many different types. And I think that you can morph, you know, that, that depending – because in my mind, that one works for each person. But after having committed relationship and then be getting married, et cetera, if you have a, ch a child uh, or children, I think that the two mountains has to become one in that – following that metaphor in the sense that you have to unite in how you're going to rear that child. Um, as well as anything else, you know, um, although now that I can kind of consider it, I don't know if there are that many examples within a relationship that fit within that, even the death of respective parents, those I still think represent like mountains of their own for each person. And it's the job of the other person to kind of like help them shepherd them through uh, their, their problem, strengthen yeah. them when they are weak, um, and perhaps only child rearing or a few other examples that escape me right now represent like coming together. Well, it's interesting you use that example though, because I think how would you contextualize that within homes of, of parents who are divorced and, sure. yeah. you know, do you still feel like it's one mountain because yeah. that that's especially interesting then because there are examples where you have, divorced parents that don't communicate, that really don't have any sort of relationship, yet do share the responsibility of climbing the mountain. Right. But it's sort of like, all right, we're going to climb this mountain together. I'm going to do it with a blindfold and well, earmuffs like on. on. Right, on yeah, like we're separately. Approaches. We share, but you're sharing the same energy almost, right? Because if the mountain, if reaching the apex of the mountain is sort of successfully raising a kid, you're sharing that mm -hmm. burden, right? So yes. neither of you are are ascending any faster than the other because you're sharing the burden of the responsibility for that child and that's really interesting to think yeah. about and i would agree with that i i would agree that there are things that are more powerful than relationships and even when those relationships fail and one of those would be a child that once you decide to make the decision to, to bring a child i mean i you know you know me i'm not very absolutist about a lot of almost anything um, and in this case, there obviously is complexity that I'm not, uh, you know, bringing forth. But my point is that if you decide with someone else to start rearing a child, that decision is very final. You know, it's like this has happened. And once you've started, regardless of your relationship, that is besides the point because you've made this decision because of now another person who's in there who's very much uh, – susceptible to um, the decisions you and the other makes uh, about how to approach the mountain. You yeah. can do it together or separately, or one can refuse to climb at all uh, if we're going to further beat this metaphor to the ground, but like, it's got to happen. To take this one step further, and to loop in another discussion you and I have had recently, the other part about marriage that I think is is special or unique is once you commit to getting married, you're you're merging parts of your lives together, right? Because what you totally. both will share is that you are each other's 
first marriage or ex-marriage, right? That you were married and that that becomes this, you know, if you think of your life as a linear line and then there are these dashes where these significant events happen, right? Mm -hmm. Probably your first romantic relationship, you know, that's something that you share with that person. And then, you know, your first marriage or any marriage becomes Mm -hmm. like, this is an element of significance. Because we really don't approach romantic relationships in that in that way probably one of our biggest failings as humans is the fact that we can maintain friendships and friendships can adopt a very um, give and take um, malleable yeah quality where they can grow wane and wax Mm-hmm. As the, you know, the people change and they grow, and you can grow apart, but then mm-hmm. reconnect, and these different things happen. But once you turn a friendship into a romantic relationship, it becomes stronger in some ways, but incredibly brittle. Yeah, that's a very good term. In another way, that doesn't really change until probably one or two things happens. One, you get married, because that that level of depth and commitment to one another, I think can sustain even after divorces. But the second thing is having kids together. Mm -hmm. I I think the shared responsibility of children keeps ex spouses connected in a way that allows them to maintain a relationship of some kind Mm -hmm. for a lot of people or most people, or I have no, I don't have metrics. So I'm guessing. Right. Right. But it forces them into this partnership that I think is good in a lot of ways. Uh, our own cowardice, for lack of a better word, or inability to face struggle with courage and to run from X relationships because of how painful it is, I don't view that as a strength. I view that as a weakness that we've embraced in the sense of you and I are no longer together. I don't want anything to do with you. I'm going to cut you out of my life, and I'm not going to try to foster this friendship that we once shared or try to reapproach it. Mm-hmm. I, I've always found that to be so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It, it is. And I, I don't know kind of what, what does that, because, you know, you could say like the visceral reaction is like, well, relationships like that are so much more emotionally invested, but are they? I mean, that sort of demeaning to what strong friendships have between you and I, I would consider our relationship very strong, like and very emotionally invested. And to say that, like a relationship, uh, a romantic relationship with someone, just automatically, like you know, like someone I've known for a month or something, would be more powerful than you and I who've known each other for years, and will continue to know one another. It just, yet they are fundamentally different feeling, and maybe that's oxytocin, you know, but. Uh, it's hard to say. I think there are two distinct things involved. Mm-hmm. One is conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, a romantic relationship involves expressed or unexpressed firm conditions, mm-hmm. and it involves labeling in a way that friendship does not involve, because there's an exclusivity that is involved to most romantic relationships that involves a, you know, strict conditions. Commitment. One of the strictest conditions is that there's a level of exclusivity to this that cannot or should not be violated. And if you do not hold me in this shared label, then I am, you know, that I am no longer interested. Like that, that (laughs) fractures not just the romantic nature of our relationship, but any element of our relationship, right? Which is interesting because relationship 
exists in and of itself, relationships of, of many kind, acquaintances, friendships, and then especially romantic. Friendships can vacillate between friendships, acquaintances, back and forth. Sure. Once it once it gets past that red line into romantic relationships, you're almost all in. Right. This is either going, we're either going to be romantic forever, or mm-hmm. I may never speak to this person again. That's so weird. It's it's fascinating. It, it is one of the most fascinating elements of our humanity that that we do not allow for the the spectrum, the full spectrum of results. Mm-hmm past a certain point or there's this protected section in the spectrum of relationships that once you put anyone into that area one there can only be one person at a time in that area Mm -hmm. really and if that if that person is not in that area if they don't stay in that area once you put them there they're gone as if they never existed for some people yeah Hmm. it's interesting so then changing topics kind of uh, are getting back to kind of the original premises with regards to your upcoming marriage. What, what do you think is your number one anxiety, your number one worry, long-term or short-term? I don't think I have one. I, I, don't, think, I don't think that – I think anxiety comes from outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. So being anxious about something – usually comes from concern over a particular outcome. Mm-hmm. I've achieved, I believe, the outcome that I'm looking for, which is this um, shared connection with this person. Uh, I don't view the marriage as driving towards any particular uh, outcome. Sure. So the marriage in and of itself isn't like this thing that is then driving a level of anxiety. It is it is what it is. It, it's a transition into the type of partnership. Mm-hmm. But if we weren't getting married, I, I wouldn't speak to any level of anxiety. Uh, us getting married doesn't change that inherently. Sure. Now, what does give me anxiety is the, or what I should say is that it enhances the multiplier mm-hmm. that is applied to things that endanger the relationship, right? That, is the only thing that gives me, you know, from a meta perspective, anxiety. The anxiety around the increased anxiety <laughs> around things that affect the relationship, right? You know, you and I have often talked about, you know, do you are we going to partner in the future? Are we going mm-hmm. to go into business together and, and do something? Uh, and if so, does that involve moving? Does that involve mm-hmm. being more open minded about where we end up? That will have a concrete effect on the relationship. Right. One that is incredibly important to me in terms of making sure that I maintain a similar state of stability in my current relationship. And once I get married, my amount of attachment to this relationship will increase. Yeah. And wanting to make sure that that is protected, the the relationship itself is protected. Yeah. But I I think, and I'll take your question one one level further. There's mm-hmm. a 0% chance I have cold feet on the day of the wedding. I have zero. Right. And that's not what I'm implying. That's, I think that's right. But, a... but, 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 but you may, but if I, but the contrast to what I'm saying and the mm-hmm. interesting part about what I'm saying, I think just listening to myself talk about it and, and thinking about how I'm thinking is I find the fact that I don't have any anxiety. I find people that have a lot of anxiety the leaving the person on the altar the you know cold feet on your wedding day 
I want to talk to those people. Like what, what happened? What, what went wrong there? I'm, I'm insanely curious about, yeah. about how that. do they get, how do they find themselves to that point where, yes, what box needed to be checked that wasn't, mm-hmm. why is it they feel like they aren't ready to take that step or that leap mm-hmm. together? Yeah. I think it comes from a lot of people not being able to find happiness within themselves and they very much look to someone else to fulfill that. And then you kind of come to the groups when you actually start to think about it. It's like, oh my God, like this person, they can't do that for me. And so does that uh, violate the integrity of the relationship? Which is a sort of false premise, right? Like you're sort of leading yourself down this wrong path when what you should have been considering is like, why am I not fulfilling my own happiness? You know, why am I not doing these things? Why am I looking to somebody else to do that? Right. Um, I don't think that's the only reason, but in my mind, that would be a way to explain it. Yeah, and how interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Failed relationships have so much more to do with a ways in which we fail ourselves mm-hmm. rather than ways in which other people fail us, right. in my opinion in terms of not building a strong foundation. And so the, as the relationship grows, it is on very shaky or, or ground that cannot support the added weight and the added pressure of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Ending up with someone that you don't really care about or you, maybe that you don't want to end up with, but you don't realize that until you're further in, deeper in. Right. sense of, I don't really respect this person. You know, I, I thought mm-hmm. I wanted a relationship with them because I find them sexually attractive or mm-hmm. they have a nice job or these other factors not addressing your own you know what really matters to you in terms of a lifelong partner people not asking themselves these hard questions not really saying what is it i really want Uh, how do i define what it is that i want is this does this person meet that objective or meet that standard Mm -hmm. um, in in every way in some ways what is the acceptable metric and those things are difficult, right? I mean, we are another thing we're really bad at as humans is making these soft decisions without hard numbers, rigid numbers around them. Because mm-hmm. depending on our where we are from a from a um, temperament standpoint, mm-hmm. how we grade other people can change daily. Yeah. I'm satisfied with them. I'm dissatisfied with them. I'm mad. I'm happy. Or I'm happy, but I'm a little less happy. Or I'm happy, or I'm a little more happy. And the fluidity of those mm-hmm. feelings, uh, now, you know, they probably still live in, in the same decile, but the fact that those feelings can be fluid mm-hmm. can muddy the water around these things. Yeah. Anyone that has a sibling will understand mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's, it's interesting to consider that as well. And I think my next question is, and it may be, it, it may sound intrinsically um, pessimistic, but it's not. I think it's it's something to consider. But it's like, how do you think you'll handle the? How do you think you'll release? I guess the buildup of trauma that happens when you're with someone, anyone for a long period of time. For instance, it's funny that you should bring up siblings you know, living, growing up with a brother and so on. Obviously love one another strongly. We're good friends, at least I consider us to be. But nonetheless, you know, just living with a person for a very long time, you say nasty things, you do nasty things because, you know, like 
you're not in a good mood or for whatever reason the other person like pisses you off and you say you do dumb things because we're humans and emotional and over time that stuff just kind of accumulates for some people some people it doesn't some people it just and it's not i think a question of forgiveness or even forgetfulness um and i think it's one of the crucial aspects of any relationship is how do you deal with people's mistakes and that trauma that just kind of accumulates over time because I've been in some relationships where it has not worked, where that accumulates and it's, I'm unable to let those things go. I've been in relationships where it's like, eh, you're human, you know, like it's not, it's not a big deal. Um, and I don't, I can't quite explain why. I think it's too complicated to say so. But my question again to you is like, what's going to be your strategy for the inevitable just complexity that will accumulate? over the decades that you and Alice will be together. I think, so um, how I would approach it from a vision standpoint is, uh, watch your mic, buddy, The um, is I would approach it like I approach my businesses. Mm-hmm. So building a business that's sustainable for 20 years involves there's a lot that's involved in that, and that can be very mm-hmm. overwhelming if you're just thinking about I need to do I need to pull a lever right now that will make my business successful in 20 years. I don't think there's any way to do that. I think you hope for stability in the short term mm-hmm. and day to day, week to week, month to month, and I think how you ensure that that pressure doesn't build up in the first place. Mm-hmm. Communication. The, every most organizations that have significant challenges in the long term, hospitals especially, the, one of the biggest challenges they encounter is an inability for key stakeholders to communicate with transparency, with humility, uh, to uh, stay commitment to their integrity. But I think communication is one of the most key failures. Uh, medical errors usually mm-hmm. comes down to a failure to communicate. I view romantic relationships and par- partnerships that sure. way where not communicating a level of dissatisfaction, not uh, communicating objectives, desires, saying this is my objective, this is what I want, that leads to frustration, resentment. Mm -hmm. I would also say humility, a willing to take personal accountability for the outcomes in this relationship. And that is hard because that's a human problem, right? You get mad, you get frustrated, and you're like, this is your fault. This is your fault. And it's not until you calm down that you say, gosh, that, that wasn't really fair. I really screwed up. Mm-hmm. And you have to apologize. You have to say, hey, that wasn't fair. I did something sure. unfair to you. And I care about you and I love you. So I'm willing to admit and I'm willing to be small and be vulnerable with you. Mm-hmm. So it speaks to whether or not you have to, it, it's weird because it'll seem circular. You have to ask yourself, do I really want to be in this relationship? Yes sure. Or no? sure. Am I willing to sacrifice to be in this relationship? Yes or no? Am I willing to sacrifice my sense of needing to feel right and feel powerful all the time? Mm. Yes or no? And depending on your answer to those questions, maintaining a relationship becomes harder and harder. If you're not, if you don't really want to be in the relationship, it's well, yeah. really hard to yeah. be in a, in a successful yeah. relationship. If when you when it gets down to it, and you say, "Do I want this? Is this an objective of mine?" Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I think you might say this in training for a sport, right? You know, do you want to run a marathon? Yes. Okay. If you really want to run a marathon, are you willing to run and to train? No. 
Okay, well, let me ask you again. Do you really want to run a marathon? Yes. Then why aren't you willing to run or to train? Well, I just want to run a marathon without training. Okay, you're going to have a really difficult time doing that. Um, and I think a, a willingness to approach it from that standpoint, and that's a self-discipline perspective, I view the success of this relationship as being dependent on me and my willingness to give and take. Now, is that wholly true? No. Allison abs- is climbing her own mountain sure. and needs my support in a lot of ways. But by f- being internally focused and focusing on me and my approach to it, one, it allows me to maintain a sense of control, which is empowering and important to me. And two, it allows me to continue to grow personally. Mm-hmm. I-, I can't guarantee that this relationship will be successful long term, but however this relationship ends, I know that I will be better for it mm-hmm. by continuing to invest in my own growth. And if Allison's not the one I'm meant to be with for 30 years, then this relationship will help me be better prepared for my next relationship. Sure. Because the exact same things that make this relationship work will make another romantic relationship work in terms of philosophy. Yeah. And also in friendships. Our friendship is better served for me approaching my romantic relationship with humility, with perspective, with mm-hmm. introspection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope agree. I answered your, your No, question. I completely agree. I, I, and I, yeah, I feel the same way about a lot of those topics. I think it's just been a challenge. And, you know, it also, I think the scary thing is, depending on who you're with, I mean, you're very lucky to be with House and House, and I think mirrors a lot of these sentiments. And therefore, it is much easier because that foundation is so much stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, if you're not with someone who's like that and can't let go of those things, it's very difficult to, you know, it's like because it's almost as if like when you're getting, when you're putting forth your simple questions, do you want to be in this relationship? Yes. Are you able to accept that, you know, we are each not perfect and are going to do things and therefore ask, need to ask forgiveness for those things? Are you willing to do that? Well, no. Well, I mean, unless you're going to be in a relationship with someone who's perfect, that's going to be fundamentally far too difficult. Yeah, and that's and that's another hard question, right? Someone asks you, um, do you want to be in this relationship? Yes. Are you sure you want to be in a relationship with Allison, um, given the fact that you are, there's an opportunity cost. There are other women out there that you're not in a relationship with. How do you know you're not making a bad investment over the long term? Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Right. But yeah. every relationship is like that to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and or... The best example is professional relationships, right? Who's your employer? Right. Well, are you in the best job for you right now? Isn't there a better job out there? There's an opportunity cost involved in that. Uh, I think that's a um, – th- there's a paradoxical loop involved in that. You know, you can go round and round in circles with yourself forever asking right. those sorts of questions. The main question is what is my threshold for an Change. investment here? Yeah. What is my threshold for an investment here and for committing here? And what is my threshold for change? Mm-hmm. Our standard in everything is never perfection, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it, anyone that approaches a relationship with that way that I need to be with the perfect person, that is laughably Ludicrous. illogical because we don't make any decisions in life that way. Um, I'm going to go see a movie later tonight. Is my threshold for seeing that movie perfect. that it is it is the 100% 
best allocation of that time and that uh, I, I have no idea maybe I know that movies give me this general sense of satisfaction and I'm assuming that'll be okay but it seems like it you know you, you can go back and forth I'm gonna eat a meal later well is that the best possible meal that you can have with that fun I have no idea right, maybe right. We, we don't make any decisions with the criteria being but hey man don't you think that maybe you can do better maybe <laughs> I don't know but this has this is meeting the threshold now. It's funny. I think it's because it, it is a holdover. Well, not a holdover. I mean, it's still persistent. But um, that marriage and long-term commitment relationships are so final. There are a few instances that are like that. You can switch jobs. You can uh, move uh, places within or into another city. You can even move countries. You can change the way you look, where, how you dress, how you speak, languages, things that you learn, your, everything. Everything is accepted as malleable in our lives. But you sure as shit better not change your marriage, you know, even though we widely accept the yeah, prevalence divorce of and, divorce. Yeah, separation, yeah. Um, but nonetheless, that just because that's accepted doesn't mean that that's the ideal. The ideal with everything else is just change it until you like it. Yeah, change it until I, you like it. But not with long-term committed relationship. Well, at least a marriage. To an extent. Mm-hmm. The qualifier I would add on to that is that you should apply a proportional level of thought and introspection to a decision based on the amount of permanence involved in that decision. I spend very little time thinking about what I'm going to eat for dinner. I spent a great deal of time being introspective and considering my romantic relationship Mm -hmm. and the level of commitment I was willing to make to that romantic relationship. Totally. And that's a personal decision that worked for me. People that can make that decision within six months and meet and get engaged and get married – I still meet people that within a month they're getting engaged. And that, for me, that seems... Um, I, I could not have made that decision in that amount of time. I I mean, if that works for them, who am I to judge? They have to live sure. their life. Right. It's not your decision. No. You're just like, all right, well, good luck. Yeah, yeah. Great. Good for you. Yeah. Well, cool, dude. Yeah, excellent appreciate you bringing such a great topic uh, to the show. I think yeah. it's a great uh, spot for us to to stop a little over our usual time, which is excellent because the time always goes by so fast. Uh, so again, everyone, thank you for listening in. We appreciate you supporting us. Uh, there is no Facebook. There is no Twitter. There is no tangible way to contact us, but uh, please download. Please share if you enjoyed the content. Uh, We hope to catch up with you sooner than six weeks out for the next show, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you all so much.